0: A few years back, a gentleman wrote, Washington, first in war, first in peace, and last in the American League. Well, whoever wrote that needs to be told that the Washington Nationals, the National League franchise located in our nation's capital, is your 2019 World Series champions. Congratulations to the Nats as they won in Houston on Wednesday evening, 62 in Game 7 of the World Series, the first World Series where every single game was won by the visiting team. An amazing series. Even if you don't follow baseball, you have to give credit. This was one heck of a series. And a great comeback for the Nats. As they had about five games in the postseason that they trailed. That they found a way to rally and come back. And they are your champs. And Steven Strasburg your mvp of the world series gets a nice brand new corvette from chevrolet and other great accolades coming to the washington nationals who didn't even win the nl east they trailed the braves in that race but they win the big one as they capture the world series and sadly houston fans you had a great run with 100 plus wins for the third year in a row but unfortunately your quest to get another world series title to h-town just fell short by one game But your team is extremely talented, and you'll be right back for sure, as well as maybe some of our other Southern teams that competed in the postseason, like the Cards and the Bravos might be back in 2020. But a World Series victory for the Washington Nationals. And oh, by the way, that's no trick or treat. This is the truth. (laughs) They really won, and they had horrible costumes on in the process what am I talking about? I can't believe that any team in postseason baseball, no matter if it's the World Series or the wild card, would wear dark colored jerseys when it's postseason baseball, when it really matters. I'm a traditionalist. I want to see gray uniforms for the visiting team and pure white threads for the home team and we didn't see that in fact game seven you had orange for the astros being worn and navy blue for the Nats. call me a curmudgeon i'm sorry but yes regardless of the unis the Nats are your World Series champions, and it is Halloween 2019. Everybody be safe. If the little ones go out this evening, please make sure you, you're keeping an eye on them. If you've got little ones knocking on your door, make sure you got candy, and do the right thing, and don't overdo it, and let them have a good night here trick-or-treating in the southeast. It's Halloween, and speaking of Halloween, after we get through a couple of headlines from across the southeast, we're going to have candy talk on this Thursday, y'all, show, because. We're going to walk through some of the great candy options that you might need to be reminded of. You might need to go down to the grocery store and pick up some of these candies because they would be a great thing to give away on Halloween 2019. And I'm going to walk through some of the popular candies that there's so many different choices, you might need that little reminder, or you might be tempted to try it yourself. Candy Talk coming up in the next segment. This is one heck of a y'all show here. By the way, I'm John Rawl, your host. Thanks for listening. (laughs) And this is one heck of a y'all show to wrap up the month of October because later this hour, we're going to go to Pensacola, Florida. They're getting ready here in a few days to have the Frank Brown International Songwriters Festival. It's the 35th year of the Frank Brown International Songwriters Festival. there in the panhandle of florida and in surrounding communities around pensacola and andy haynes the director of the songwriters festival is going to be kind enough to take out a few minutes before the festival gets going here in a couple about a week november 7th through the 17th is when it goes on and he's going to come on to tell us all about this unique and fun festival that's got more than 200 songwriters headed to pensacola florida the frank brown international songwriters festival it's part of our festive south we'll tell you all about it with andy haynes our special guests coming up later this hour and then when we get into the second hour of our halloween edition of the y'all show <laughs> we're gonna have we have candy talk coming up this hour hey i found a really cool article about soft drinks or as we call it here in the south cokes i'm gonna have coke talk with you but it's gonna be more than just coca cola We we actually have according to this article the most popular or top soft drink choice for each of our states this is all 50 states we're going to focus on the 16 southern states soft drink interesting facts coming your way at the start of the second hour and then we're going to go outside of the south for a very special guest as part of our sec spotlight Brad Edwards is an ESPN analyst. You see him in the fall on college football broadcast on ESPN. He is the guru on all things stats for ESPN, and he's coming on this show. He is a native of Jackson, Mississippi, and he is just filled with all kinds of knowledge. And we're going to get Brad Edwards to tell us about this week 10 of SEC football. It's the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, and we'll get his take on that one and all the other fun matchups going on this weekend and we'll even get brad edwards to give us a little hint on alabama lsu both teams enjoying an open weekend this weekend Next week, they tangle in T-Town, and Brad Edwards will tell us all about it in the second hour of today's Y'all Show. Now, is that one heck of a lineup? You bet your bottom dollar it is, and happy Halloween to you. Hey, if you want to put on your costume and dial us up, you're welcome to do that. Our number, 803-816-1170. You also can put on that costume and fire up the old computer and find us at y'all.com. That's Y-A-L-L dot com.
1: I'm
0: just trying to sound like that witch on that commercial. Not Geico, I think it is. Yeah, that is the address you need to call up if you want to connect to the Y'all Show. Where we have this show, the podcast edition of the Y'all Show, available for you to listen to all day long, all night long, with your costume or without a costume. Enjoy the show there at that link. We're also found on a couple of podcasts, the podcast available... In a couple of different apps if you have a smartphone or an ipad check it out we're on the iHeartRadio radio app we're in apple Podcasts, and we're on the iheart the apple uh, rather the tune in radio app there's so many choices i'm losing track i got candy on my mind forgive me here but those are great ways for you to connect to the y'all show and of course we're at you where we have the archives of every single show we've ever done y'all oh we are the show that's all about the south we're so glad that you could join us here on the y'all show well moving on and looking at headlines from across the southeast okay it's halloween the washington nationals are your world champions but in washington dc There'll be people dressed up in scary costumes, but they won't be getting ready for Halloween this day as they're holding a planned impeachment resolution vote. But the Republicans, at least the senator from Louisiana, John Kennedy, says this is not a serious attempt to offer President Trump due process now now get this quote from the very colorful senator he says I think they're just playing games the new resolution well I'm not sure what to make of it except that I liking it to trying to put paint on rotten wood no fair-minded person believes that from the very beginning these impeachment proceedings have been anything but rigged all right the quote there impeachment vote like trying to put paint. On rotten wood that from john kennedy of louisiana and if you somebody needs to just collect all of his quotes and turn it into a best-selling book because he has one heck of a an arsenal of quotes and southern but extremely uniquely Southern, that from the Louisiana senator in Washington, D.C., John Kennedy. But a lot of people have come out and they're prioritizing their schedules to f- f- factor in this whole impeachment process if it were to come to the Senate. For example, Elizabeth Warren, Klobuchar of Minnesota, Cory Booker. They all have said they're going prior- to prioritize their schedules in January if this impeachment process moves to the upper chamber. But right now, today, in Washington, D.C., there is an impeachment resolution going on, and a vote before Congress will let you know in this developing story what happens there. Now, another senator, not John Kennedy of Louisiana, but another senator on the other side of the aisle in the news, and that's West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin. And Joe Manchin said on Wednesday that if Bernie Sanders ends up being the Democratic presidential candidate, that he would not vote for him the presidential election of 2020 and a Democratic senator from West Virginia as he's rejected a claim by Bernie Sanders of his support, and he would not support his Medicare for All agenda if elected president. However, the Democrat from West Virginia, Manchin, said on Your World with Neil Cavoto that in response to Cavoto's question about supporting Sanders' Medicare for All plan, he said that he would not, absolutely not, support Bernie Sanders, his fellow... Independent slash Democrat in the Senate so that a little bit alarming for Democrats that Manchin is wavering on possibly getting behind a Bernie Sanders bid for president if it were to come to that. Well, let's talk a little Trump. Pence, not Trump as in Donald and Pence as in the vice president, but their wives as Melania Trump and Karen Pence were in South Carolina on Wednesday to get briefings about some of the military's emergency preparedness and humanitarian efforts in a state of South Carolina where both are often needed because of hurricanes and other issues that have gone on in South Carolina, like flooding in recent days. As both the first lady and the second lady were at Joint Base Charleston on Wednesday, where several branches of the military have operations, and they were updated by a handful of agencies as officials describe how they mobilized federal resources before and after natural disasters. While they were in the area, they also went to an elementary school just off the base and mrs trump and mrs pence also met with fifth graders participating in the red cross pillowcase project which helps children mentally and physically prepare for natural disasters but great to see mrs trump and mrs pence there at joint base charleston in south carolina on wednesday and what a great thing to see those two teamed up going around the country i I don't recall just those two alone going out doing things together And a great thing that they came to Dixie on Wednesday to have such an event. A Florida pastor accused of sexually abusing a minor has now killed himself, according to police. As Brian Fullwider, a 59-year-old, pronounced dead in his home in Florida On Sunday in Altamont Springs, Florida, is where this happened. The pastor and former Friends Talking Faith co-host, this was a TV show there in that area of Florida, had been out on bail since October 17th when they were accused of abusing a minor. And now this Florida pastor, according to authorities, has killed himself. The medical examiner's office for Seminole County ruled the death a homicide. Fullwater was arrested earlier this month after a young woman told investigators that he sexually abused her for years while he was her pastor. And now, allegedly, he has killed himself there in Altamont Springs, Florida. A judge in Oklahoma has rejected a challenge to a permitless carry law in that state. This judge rejected an attempt by a Democratic state lawmaker and gun safety advocates to block a new law in Oklahoma that will allow most people in Oklahoma to carry a firearm in public. Without a background check or training, Oklahoma County District Judge Don Andrews rejected a request by Oklahoma City Democratic Representative Jason Lowe for a preliminary injunction that would have stopped the permitless carry law from taking effect on friday that the news out of oklahoma more political news is this is sort of a national story but twitter is reacting to growing concern about all the crazy things on social media and now they've decided to ban all political advertising from its service in 2020 and the move strikes a sharp contrast with facebook which continues to defend running paid political ads and sometimes false ones as a free speech priority but if you're on Twitter, this is probably a good thing that you won't be seeing your Twitter feed get filled up with a bunch of political nonsense coming up in 2020. Well, you don't have to wait for 2020 for this change to happen. And that is come Sunday, November 3rd at two in the morning. It's fall back time as daylight saving time ends in most, if not all, southern states. I'm not sure what these new laws. I think Florida might have changed their law here in the last year or so but yes if you go to bed saturday night be sure to get your clocks back an hour as you'll get an extra hour of sleepy sleepy the only ones who won't have to turn their clocks back are residents of arizona and hawaii arkansas lawmakers earlier this year approved a resolution to spring forward permanently but right now in arkansas you better set that clock back and all of our other states of the south daylight savings time ends this weekend Make a note of it and you get an extra hour of sleep. That's really good. Hey, some business news coming from the Southeast as Crystal, the little hamburger chain now based out of the Atlanta area that started in Chattanooga. They're planning to sell between 100 to 150 of the company owned restaurants in the states of Alabama, in Florida, Georgia, Mississippi, and Tennessee. And this is all part of a refranchising effort and an overall revitalization by the brand as crystal has hired a banking firm to manage the refranchising initiative and i don't know exactly what all this is going to end up working out if you love to go to crystal like i do but crystal has seen better sales over the last year at locations that upgraded to a newer smaller and more efficient prototype and that includes nine rebuilt restaurants So all you crystal lovers, you might be in for a little rebrand or refresh here pretty soon at your local crystal restaurant. If you're lucky enough to be near a crystal restaurant, we've got some crystal less areas of the south and we need to fix that if at all possible. Hey, we got your Harvey Updike update. Remember the Alabama fan who poisoned tumors, corners, trees in Auburn, Alabama? Well, he failed to attend a hearing on Wednesday in Opelika, Alabama, and that's why he hasn't paid court-ordered restitution. And Updike, a retired Texas state trooper who now lives in Louisiana, he didn't show up for this hearing before Lee County Circuit Judge Jacob Walker. Prosecutors plan to seek a warrant on Updike for failing to appear, and the judge will decide later, whether to order his arrest harvey updike the 71 year old said he wasn't well enough to travel to opelika for court but more to come on this story uh, of course he got famous for calling into the paul feinbaum show and declaring that he had poisoned those trees in auburn and of course then uttered the words roll d-a-m-n tied <laughs> there i think at the uh, at the announcement that he had done such a stupid thing and Auburn fans, I feel you pain there that uh, that doesn't help the relationship with your friends in Tuscaloosa. You might get the revenge on Mr. Updike and more with a victory over the Crimson Tide here in about a month. Hey, it is Halloween and if you want to do something fun, hey, go to the Gatlinburg SkyLift Park in East Tennessee today as they're hosting the first annual Gatlinburg SkyBridge Pumpkin Toss and it starts today. If you're in the area at four o'clock, you can go and take your pumpkin and toss it off the sky bridge there in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. This is a big. I think it's about what was it? I read somewhere 140 feet up in the air. You can drop your pumpkin off this sky bridge and have a great time. At six thirty, there will be a grand finale pumpkin toss where over a hundred people will line up on the bridge and toss pumpkins. All at the same time in Gatlinburg, again, off a 140-foot sky bridge. Somewhere, Jeff Foxworthy needs to be alerted on that. And that's a quick look at headlines from across the southeast on this Halloween. When we come back, Halloween's going to be on our mind. We'll tell you about some candies that you hear on this final day of the month of October. If you haven't got these in your arsenal of candy, you might want to because it is a great thing to be reminded about some of these candy options that you can give away this evening or save for yourself. Get you a little stash in the corner and enjoy y'all your long candy talk coming up. Don't forget later this hour, we'll go to Pensacola and learn all about this Frank Brown Songwriters Festival that's coming up in just a couple of days. All that on y'all talk with a southern accent. Well, look who's home. How was
2: your day, hon?
1: Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting.
2: Lay down on me and we'll talk about
1: it. Oh, purple mattress. You know how to support me.
2: Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job.
1: You're more than that. You're a purple mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your purple grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through.
2: If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund
1: and give up the best night's sleep i've had since i learned to walk no way you're the only one i want to come home to purple mattress
3: you too can come home to a purple mattress by texting offer to 84888 and now for a limited time receive a free purple product with your order when you text offer to 84888 that's keyword o-f-f-e-r to 84888 message and data rates may apply please do not text and drive see purple.com for terms and conditions Hey, Greg, I'm so
4: sorry to hear about your brother's heart attack.
5: Thanks. He's okay now, but it really got me thinking about my family. You know, could my wife still pay our mortgage if I had a heart problem? Or could my kids still go to college? That is really scary. You you should call my life insurance agent at Health
4: IQ. When I got life insurance for my family last year, they saved me 41% versus any other company I looked at. 41%? That's huge. Yep. Health IQ starts by shopping everyone with the top 30 life insurance carriers to make sure they can get the lowest retail rate. Then they apply their exclusive healthy lifestyle savings, which can save you up to 41%. I literally got a million dollars in coverage for my family for just
5: $36 a month. Just $36 a month? Yep. You should check it out at healthiq.com slash easy. To save that much money, I'm going to call them right now. What's that link again? Healthiq.com slash easy? Yep healthiq.com slash easy.
3: I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight for my monster from his slab began and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the mash. He did the monster mash. The monster mash. It
4: was a graveyard
3: smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. From my love
0: Halloween 2019. Hello, welcome back into y'all, and we are not trying to scare you. Let me be a friend and an ambassador of all things Southern. I'm John Rawl, and if you stick around through this segment where we're going to focus on candy, we've got quite a treat also in the next segment as we're going to go to Pensacola, Florida, and be joined by Andy Haynes, director of the Frank Brown International Songwriters Festival. That's coming up starting November 7th, and we're going to learn about the 200 plus songwriters that will be in Escambia County, Florida, and surrounding areas in just a handful of days. You can go hear some great music and have a great time on the emerald coast of florida that coming up as part of our festive south feature don't forget in hour two we'll have a special guest from espn brad edwards we'll break down week 10 of sec football what a show we've got going on here on halloween 2019 well if you have your candy all lined up for the trick-or-treaters that's wonderful great job you're an overachiever if you still need to run down to wally world and get you some candy or if you're lucky enough to live Somewhere near a candy store, an independent place that sells all types of candy. This Here in this segment, I want to take some time out to give candy its proper credit. Because who doesn't like candy? Okay? Who doesn't like tasty, sweet fun? And in the South, we love sweet things. And candy is pretty good. It may not be as good as a good old pecan or pecan pie. But in a fix, oh, it's just great. Now, as a bonus here on today, the Halloween edition of y'all, we're going to talk candy now in just a handful of minutes. At the start of the second hour, we're going to talk about soft drinks as we have the top soft drinks from each one of our southern states. And we'll share the latest info on that with you. And can you go ahead and guess your state's favorite soft drink? Well, hold on to your guess. We'll answer that question if your state has the soft drink that you think it has when we get to that spot in a handful of minutes here on the y'all show but candies on our mind and thanks to this article that we found at listchallenges.com the 100 popular candies and this is in alphabetic order i don't have time to tell you all about them but from A to Z, I'm going to kind of just read off a few and see if these mean something to you. Maybe you love them. Maybe you hate them. Maybe you haven't heard these candies names mentioned since you were a kitty, and, and maybe it brings back memories for some other reason. Okay. First off, the the in alphabetical order, these are all available somewhere, somehow in this country. A candy that's called Abba Zaba. I've never heard of it. I don't know where you can find it. But it's out there. Check it out. Up next, Airheads. And I can be honest with you. I love the packaging on Airheads. I don't think I've ever had one. But I bet you some of you really love them. And for you, I salute you. Up next is one that I'm going to tell you because I do like the taste. But only after you've been sucking on it in your eyes water. Oh, I'm talking about an Atomic Fireball. Those are a love-hate relationship. Y'all agree with me there? And some people love to have hot things in their mouth. And when you have a fireball, yeah. You're you're sweating bullets for sure. Up next, I'm going to give my mother credit on this one. She brought me to this candy and I love it. It's great. And I got to be careful because it sticks to your teeth if you're not careful. Bit of honey. Ooh. And if you go down to a lot of your dollar stores, you can get a whole little small bag of bit of honeys for a dollar. And I like that. That is a great candy and happy Halloween to all of you who eat that. Another candy that I'm going to tell you about that I have never had, it's called Black Jack gum have y'all had that and i have i've never seen it but it's out there in some ways shape or form maybe on a regional basis but it's one of the hundred candies featured here in this article how about the next one and i love this one it's sort of like the atomic fireball because the fireball starts out hot and then goes sweet well this one starts out as a a piece of candy that turns into bubble gum y'all know what i'm talking about We're talking about Blow Pops. Blow Pops. Whoever invented that needs a big pat on the back. What a great job there. Bottle Caps is another one I think I've had, but that one seems to be one just for little small kids. But it is a great candy, and Happy Halloween. Maybe you can stuff it in your trick-or-treaters, little jack-o'-lanterns here on this day. Bubble Tape. Now, that didn't exist when I was growing up, but it is pretty cool if you've ever seen one, and I know youngsters love it, and it's great. How about this one? It's more of an Easter treat but the cadbury egg i think even on halloween it makes for a great treat for the trick or treaters up next a candy that's near and dear to me because of its name charleston chew which i can't find except at the dollar tree the dollar tree stores have it i can't find it anywhere else but boy it's good and i love the fact that you can put it in the refrigerator and you can eat it cold it is a really cool candy and it checks in here on this list how about this one some people out there, maybe the older crowd used to grow up having these wherever they would go. Chico sticks. What Do y'all like Chico sticks? <laughs> yeah, it's. A, I think it's something you have to kind of get used to. How about Chiclets, the gum? That one's going way back in the archives for that one. But yeah, that one's here on our list of some great candies. How about this one? This one brings back memories for me of the baseball field now that we just wrapped up the World Series. Fun Dip oh fun dip is pretty cool and i bet you some of you have never had it try it out it ain't nothing but sugar but boy it's good how about this right out of tennessee you got the goo goo cluster Ooh, gotta get a goo goo and they have been a long time sponsor on wsm the grand Ole opry and it is a great candy something that you should consider here on halloween 2019 moving on with more of the great candy treats out there how about m&ms oh you can eat m&ms on halloween or any other day of the year it's a great candy and perfect for this night or any other day how about now and laters you know i always called it now or laters but technically it's now and later and it's a great candy great for you to give away here on this day Uh, this is going old school for some of you orange slices those are something you can also find in the dollar tree store and they cost a dollar but pretty good little treat there how about peeps maybe more for an easter treat but peeps a lot of people like pez the pez dispensers i know a lot of you like that particular treat not found. Not fond on this one. Maybe you love them. Raisinets. Do y'all like that treat? Is that a, is that a good one? Yeah, that's also a choice here on Halloween. You can't go wrong with any kind of Reese's. You got Reese's Pieces, and the, of course the the number one Reese's peanut butter cups will bring a smile to young and old alike also don't forget about runts runts a great little treat how about slapsticks? <laughs> i've never had one i've seen them i don't know why i have not had that but yeah slapsticks. how about a candy called slow poke don't think i've had that one maybe you have You can't forget about Smarties. Smarties used to be something I think most kids got when they were in their Sunday school class. Other candies to consider on this Halloween 2019, you got Spree. Spree is from Walka; It's really good. How about Starburst? Can't go wrong there. Sugar Babies and Sugar Daddy, they're cousins, but boy, they're good. And again, be careful if you got braces. You just can't go bite on those things or you'll be right back at the orthodontist. How about Tootsie Pops? Great treat there. And of course, Tootsie Rolls or the brother of Tootsie Pops, or sister, whatever you want to call it. How about wax bottles? I didn't even know those things were still made. Great little candy. Looks like the old Coke bottle, but comes in like fruity flavors. Pretty neat candy, and it's available for you to check out. How about Whistle Pop? That's another candy a lot of people like. York Peppermint Patty. Oh, man, if you are lucky enough to get one of those here on Halloween, you are one lucky fella or gal for sure. And then a couple other ones as we wrap up tiny tarts also whoppers oh yes whoppers and zors <laughs> i don't think i've ever had z-o-u-r-s but it is a one of the 100 best candies out there here for you to consider on halloween 2019 don't forget at the start of hour two we're going to talk about soft drinks as we have the list of the best soft drinks in each of our states that's coming up in hour two what's coming up here next on the y'all show we're going to go to pensacola and andy haynes of the frank brown international songwriters festival is going to be coming on to give us a preview of this exciting event in its 35th year in the panhandle of florida and we're going to go to pensacola and learn a lot about it and that is coming up after the break here on the y'all show
6: i'd love to hear more do you have a card this is it. This is when you can either let something happen or make it happen with your professional custom card from Vistaprint. And we're now introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. You pick the look, the style, and the statement you want to make in the moment. Now's the time to make something happen for your business. So for a limited time only, you can own the now with free shipping on all business cards in any quantity at Vistaprint.com. Just use promo code 1414. That's Vistaprint.com promo code 1414.
0: Mom, I think this doll I found in the attic is cursed.
6: No, its eyes are just very lifelike. Then why does its head keep spinning?
7: Be my friend forever.
6: Oh, that is scary.
7: You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's easy-to-use mobile app. You can manage your Geico policy whenever, wherever. Wherever.
6: Let's wherever. play with another doll.
1: Wherever. Or we can just bury it deep in the ground.
3: Happy geico Ween! Download the industry-leading
2: Geico app today. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon?
1: Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting.
2: Lay down on me and we'll talk
1: about it. Oh, purple mattress. You know how to support me. Hey, I'm
2: just a mattress doing my job.
1: You're more than that. You're a purple mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your purple grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic hyperelastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through.
2: If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund
1: and give up the best night's sleep i've had since i learned to walk no way you're the only one i want to come home to purple mattress
3: you too can come home to a purple mattress by texting offer to 84888 and now for a limited time receive a free purple product with your order when you text offer to 84888 that's keyword o-f-f-e-r to 84888 message and data rates may apply please do not text and drive see purple.com for terms and conditions You're getting that look in your eyes And it's starting
8: to
1: work
0: Great sounding song, well-written song from country music and sort of a 1970s, early 80s pop icon, Mac Davis here on the Y'all Show. It's our festive South, where we got to let you know where you might want to go here in the Southeast for some great events going on in the Southeast. And the Southeast Tourism Society puts out their top 20 events of the Southeast, and they've got an event kind of penciled in that you want to maybe circle on that calendar coming up just a few days and it's going to be taking place in the pensacola area of florida it's the frank brown international songwriters festival and andy haynes director of the frank brown international songwriters festival is to come on now to join us and talk about people like mac davis headed to the pensacola area for this great festival now in its 35th year mac davis is going to be one of gosh a hundred or so writers headed to the panhandle of florida welcome in to the y'all show andy great to have you on
8: thanks for having me i appreciate it
0: and kudos for again this is the 35th festival y'all are putting on here in a couple of days
8: that's correct we're the oldest songwriters festival in the united states there's been a whole lot uh, of them that have spawned there's just about one on every corner and we're really proud that that, that we've had a part in the in the development of songwriters festivals uh, over the years and you mentioned 100 but we actually are well over 225 yeah i just kind you. i was Tuesday looking through period. the
0: list and it was a bunch i should have just said a bunch but yeah a, a bunch would be 200 plus
8: well, we've been really, really fortunate over the years to have, uh, for the last 50 years, we've had most of the iconic songwriters in, this, in, this, in the business at the festival at one time or another. You mentioned Mac Davis. We're really excited about having him. It's going to be his first time at the festival. Um, we've got uh, Country Hall of Fame uh, member uh, Don Schlitz will be here. Um, we've got uh, even Stevens, who was Eddie Rabbit's go-to songwriter for years and years and years. Great, great entertainment. and and wrote has written so many songs he'll be here as well I mean the list just goes on and on Uh, a lot of people call this the best 11 days on the Gulf Coast
0: well it sounds like a wonderful time this year it's november 7th through the 17th and just an amazing uh, lineup of course you can go to nashville and songwriters often live there but i've lived in nashville and they have their little cliques they go to but i don't recall anywhere in nashville more than 200 songwriters coming out and participating in something like this a 10-day international songwriting festival
8: well it's a, it's a nice opportunity for people to hear the stories behind the songs and get up close and personal in a, you know all of our venues are intimate settings and uh, so you get to just uh, hear how these guys were insp- and gals were inspired to, to write these songs and oftentimes you 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 know they they're introduced and you don't know their names but they start they start to perform a song and you certainly know the song and if if it's not one that you're familiar with oftentimes 6 months later on the radio it'll be a number 1 hit. So it's um, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun.
0: Well, you mentioned a lot of the names are a little bit kind of secret you don't know who these people are maybe they're from a different format that you're not familiar with but they're all great songwriters or otherwise they wouldn't be part of this festival mac davis is certainly a name a lot of people may recognize but there's a lot of really good up-and-coming songwriters and some are singer songwriters that you want to take part in speaking of names some people may want to know who the heck is frank brown and if you ever went to the Bama years ago you probably may have recognized mr brown and this festival named in his honor can you Give us a little bit more of the backstory of how Frank Brown's name got a part of this festival
8: sure I'll be happy to he was the night watchman at the Bama for uh, 28 years and he retired when he was 91 years old and uh, he, he had been a, he was a former golden gloves boxer and uh, a lot of people are, are not old enough to remember but there was a radio a syndicated radio talk show the Paul that Paul Harvey had it was called the rest of the story and mr. Frank was featured on the, on that radio show many many years ago um, he just inspired everybody that he came in contact with he was the last person that the performers Saw when they left um, the front, the Floribama at night, and uh, it, it just uh, it, everybody respected him, and, and he was a father figure to a lot of people. And so, uh, to and to show respect for Mister Frank and and to to keep his name uh, um, out there, uh, we decided to name the festival in his honor.
0: We're visiting with Andy Haynes, director of the Frank Brown International Songwriters Festival. that is going to take place in just a couple of days in Pensacola, Florida. And it looks like the roots of this may be a, kind of traced to the Florabama Lounge, that special spot on that Florida-Alabama line. And I noticed as part of some of the events going on at this year's festival at the Florabama, you have a Native American tribute. What is that all about?
8: Well, November is Native American Heritage Month and uh in order to show uh, uh respect for our, our native american friends we've got a number of songwriters who have uh, a, a native american heritage and um and so we're going to just uh, showcase their talents
0: Okay, well that sounds like a, a great thing there. Now, of course, I guess Obama's participating in the festival, but if you're going to have a 10-day festival, again, November 7th through the 17th, you probably got this spread throughout the Pensacola area, so can you give us a little bit of better idea of where this is all taking place?
8: Well, as a matter of fact, we've got about 30 venues, and they stretch all the way from Fairhope, Alabama, down into Gulf Shores and Orange Beach, Alabama, and across Perdido Key, which is where, of course, the Floribama is located, and into downtown Pensacola. So over this 10-night period, you can go any direction down here, uh, 30 miles east or west, and, uh, and hear great music.
0: And thus, the reason you have over 200 people participating in this event. And I, I guess you're going to tell me you've got some people that come to this thing each year from out of state and stay the entire length of the festival.
8: Well, we you know there a lot of people that come for it will come either the first weekend or the second weekend, but okay. we do have a number of folks that will come for the entire uh, duration of the festival. We got people that uh, the last time that we did a survey, we had uh, we had attendees that were from uh, forty four different states. Uh, we've got songwriters here this year from Norway and Belgium and the UK and every part of the united states as well so um you know it's 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 great if you can come and stay for the whole festival you can certainly get a belly full of music if you do
0: yeah andy if you don't mind i know it's not fair when you got more than 200 artists to kind of highlight some of the different singer songwriters headed your way but if you don't mind could you give our listeners a little bit of a better idea of some of the people coming this year
8: uh, sure. Yeah. Um, I see. I mentioned Don Schlitz. You talked. We talked about Mac Davis. We talked about uh, even Stevens. Uh, we got Jim Moose Brown wrote it's five o'clock somewhere for Jimmy Buffett. Um, we've got a number of people that uh, are Grammy Award winners. Uh, Bobby Keel. Um, gosh, it just uh, – we've uh, Mark Sherrill, he wrote Old Red for Blake Shelton. He'll be here. Um, gosh, the list just goes on and on, and I don't have it in front of me, but I wish I did because I, that would be helpful. But uh, I know. I saw um, Keith
0: Stegall's name. He, of Keith course, Stegall produced – Keith
8: bringing a, a group of folks with him. Um, he'll be here on Friday night, November the 8th. Um, we've got uh, Buddy Kent. Cannon, uh, uh, just got inducted into the um, into the uh, Musicians Hall of Fame in uh, in Nashville recently. You're talking about
0: uh, Lexington, Tennessee's buddy. Cannon? Yeah,
8: that's right. That's right that's right
0: all that's right. right and i think i saw you have not just country type performers coming you've got various formats headed your way Well,
8: we, well that's correct we try to cross genres uh, we we try to do something for everybody we have we try to have some blues and some uh, some we've got bobby Ro- rush coming which is one of the he's a premier blues uh artist uh, in the united states uh, bobby's been around for years and years and years uh, uh, but we try to you know americana some rock and roll some uh some folk, some some jazz even, Uh, we try to really uh, appeal to everybody while it is primarily country
0: yeah but again, you've got a lot of country people, Carl Jackson, who not only is country but has done some great bluegrass work through the years. the
8: What an incredible, incredible guitar player was uh, was Lynn Campbell's guitar player for about fifteen years, and he's won Grammys. He plays alongside Larry Cordell uh, and Jerry Sally, and the three of them, I think they all three have won the international bluegrass Music Association uh, a Songwriter of the Year award at one time or another. and they've all three had hits um they're 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 one of my favorite groups that that come to the festival they've been coming for nearly 20 years
0: andy you also have the first songwriter wrestler that i've ever heard of mickey ah. james you might have mickey. seen her on wwe's smackdown and she's headed to pensacola for the frank brown international songwriters festival
8: Indeed, she is. And and Mickey will be involved in our Native American tribute as well as uh, she has Native uh, Native American heritage and uh, she'll be involved in that show as well as some other shows uh, uh, in the course of the festival and course of being here.
0: Will she be doing any wrestling? (laughs)
8: <laughs> I, I don't know. Not associated with the uh, the festival.
0: Uh, okay. Well, darn. I, I hate to hear that. <laughs> hey, there's a great website. Everybody can go to FrankBrownSongwriters.com is one of the websites where you can go learn a lot more about the festival. As we were discussing, more than 200 songwriters headed to Pensacola, Florida for this year's festival, which is taking place again November 7th through the 17th in more than 30 venues across the Gulf Coast of Alabama and Florida and we're talking today with Andy Haynes director of the festival and how does this festival Andy help out the entire I guess the Pensacola and the Panhandle with does it benefit anything?
8: oh absolutely it, it has a, a fairly significant economic impact on the area in fact one of the goals one of our uh, the goals of, of, of the of our foundation and our festival is to increase tourism in the area many many years ago when the festival was founded this was called a shoulder season the November December time period was called the shoulder season and things basically would shut down uh, uh, in this area uh, at, at that time of the year and it's not so much the case anymore but it's still one of the more challenging times of the year for tourist related uh, businesses so we bring thousands and thousands of people here over this 10-day period and it has a multi-million dollar uh, economic impact on the Baldwin County Alabama and Escambia County Florida area
0: how about 5.9 nil an impact there from the majority opinion research festival survey indicated attendees contributed 5.9 million to local economies during the festival so that's nothing to kind of look down on that's an incredible amount of money
8: no, it's wonderful uh, opportunity for the businesses here because these uh, the songwriters and the attendees, they come and they shop and they dine and they, they stay in the, the, the accommodations here. And you know what? Lots and lots of people fall in love with the area because the festival may be the first time they've ever been exposed to the area. And I've heard story after story after story from folks that tell me, you know what? We're going to relocate here. Or, We're going to buy a vacation home here. or We're going to retire here. Or we've had songwriters that, that have bought places here as a result of being at the festival people people this is a beautiful area and people love being here and it's a wonderful time of the year
0: yes it is a awesome place i can vouch for that but unlike a lot of the panhandle of florida there's actually stuff in the pensacola area a lot of your towns on the gulf coast just are kind of small towns pensacola is not that small no,
8: that's so true. And you know what? The arts and crafts uh, and, and culture is very much alive in the Pensacola area. It's it's really remarkable. There is a festival that that takes place in conjunction with ours called the Fufu Festival, and and that's an opportunity for people to to broaden the uh, the opportunity to to visit here and and experience the area. Um, and uh, that's at foofoofestival.com and and it's going on the same time the festival is as well the frank brown festival i mean
0: sure more than 200 grammy award-winning singer songwriters headed to the frank brown international songwriters festival in just a couple of days and i wanted before we close up with you have you talk about your youth showcase that's part of the festival
8: well that's that's a wonderful thing and that's another part of our mission statement is to enrich lives by encouraging creativity. We we send songwriters into schools uh in the case of the youth showcase uh we put that on every year i just uh, got the final numbers yesterday and we're going to we're going to have uh about 400 students from area schools uh middle and high school students that will come in and spend the day and a number of their peers i think there's probably about a dozen of them that are signed up uh that are young aspiring songwriters will perform their original compositions for their the the the, the other students and uh, we, we feed them and we have a panel of uh, professional songwriters that critique um, their their songs that they perform. And then uh, there's a, a very cool place here uh, in Gulf Shores, Alabama, Lulu's uh, Lucy Buffett's place, uh, Jimmy Buffett's sister. Um, the people that perform in the Youth Showcase will perform at Lulu's that night. And the winner of the Youth Showcase will become a paid performer in the Frank Brown Festival in the following year
0: well again that's a great thing and if you head down to this festival or head over wherever you may be located remember this is not just in pensacola as you will be in places like Fairhope at the bill e's old 27 grill and you'll also be in orange beach at fin and fork but if you're in pensacola come on out to the crab trap at crab trap at perdido key where that's one of the many venues of the frank brown international songwriters festival again taking place november 7th through the 17th okay if you do don't happen to be like you and live in this gorgeous place of our region and you need to come in and crash for a few days at a local hotel what are your best options for that
8: go to frankbrownsongwriters.com and and look at lodging and there are a number of opportunities we have a number of lodging sponsors and uh, a number of them are offering specials uh, for your stay during the festival
0: it's the 35th Frank Brown International Songwriters Festival taking place in Pensacola and surrounding areas. Again, November 7th through 17th. FrankBrownSongwriters.com is the website for you to go learn a whole lot more about this event. I highly encourage it. Who doesn't like great music? And who doesn't like the beach? And sure, in November, you can have a great time, and you can do it right in the Pensacola area. And we can't thank our very special guests enough for coming on today's y'all show. Andy Haynes with the Frank Brown international songwriters special great success for this year's event and thank you for taking the time to talk to us
8: Thank you very much, John. Be well.
0: All right. When we come back on the Y'all Show in hour number two, we're going to have our SEC spotlight. Ooh, we've got a great guest headed your way, Brad Edwards of ESPN. You probably have seen him on College Game Day and other places around the SEC network and such. Brad Edwards is going to be checking in from Bristol as we've got a huge weekend. It's the world's largest outdoor cocktail party and more going on this weekend. And we've got that report coming up in hour two of today's Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent.
5: I want to keep my heart healthy. So, I get my cholesterol checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline, I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic, except it's odor free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol. And I'm doing it with garlic. Garlic, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.
4: This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed.
7: I'm jumping in
0: halloween 2019 hour two of the y'all show i'm john Rawl. great to have you here as we wrap up the month of october I want to thank you for tuning us in on great radio stations across the south and of course all of you who get us each and every day via podcast form it might be apple podcast it might be on the y'all.com website it could be iHeartRadio or TuneIn radio thank you for listening to this all southern show in just a few minutes we're going to be joined by brad edwards of espn and brad is a college football analyst on espn the mothership and he's going to be on to help us get ready for week 10 of sec football it's our sec spotlight and in jacksonville you got the georgia florida game or should i say florida georgia game Going on there at Tia Bankfield, and we're going to get Brad's take on that one and all the other lineup of action going on in SEC country here on this 10th weekend of college football. Brad Edwards is coming up, plus we also have some other news stories from SEC football. And believe it or not, before we get back together next week on the All Show, We will have already tipped off the new season of SEC basketball, and I'm going to tell you who the teams are playing in the very first night of college basketball, and that's coming up on Tuesday. A couple of SEC teams will be there on the hard court, and we'll let you know the lineup of that as we begin our SEC spotlight today. We begin this hour on y'all with Halloween on our mind. And we have, thanks to ThrillList.com, a great article by Adam LaPapdina, and it's titled, The Iconic Soft Drink of Every State in America. And I don't know what Adam did to come up with this list, but I love it, and it's a conversation piece for sure. So you know that in the South, yes, we love our candy on days like today. We love our sweets year-round. But no matter what day or time, We love a good drink. We like our water and coffee when needed. But we Southerners, we really like a good cold drink. And it ain't a soft drink. It ain't a soda. It's a Coke. But it's really various types of sodas and soft drinks. Okay. So here, thanks to this great list, we're going to share with you what Adam came up with. And you can agree or disagree, but there's a reason for each of the items listed here and i'm going to feature although this is an article that has all 50 states featured we're going to kind of focus on the 16 southern states so let me without further ado share with you and maybe you got your own take of what your state's favorite drink is let's kind of go through the list alabama how about this soft drink it is based in alabama I love the packaging on it. It's really cool. The packaging has the name of this drink, and below it, it says, A Southern Tradition Established 1914. And we're talking Grapeco. Although founded in Louisiana in 1914, it moved to the Yellowhammer State in 1917. And it, according to the article, has stayed both physically and in the hearts of Alabamians since that time. Grapeco, Alabama's. Best soda, according to Thrillist.com, That's Alabama. Up next, Arkansas. And grapes are on the mind in Arkansas, but it ain't Grape Co., it's Grape Pet. Once a grape soda titan of Arkansas, it's now a Sam's Club soda, but that doesn't diminish its years of dominance in the southern market. So are they saying Grape Pet no longer exists? I guess it's now morphed into Sam's Club soda and the grape flavor, which I've had and it's not bad gray pet arkansasans arkansas i guess arkansans is what you're called let me know about that gray pet is it rest in peace i i, I was not aware of that of course some of these offshoots of Grey Pico, Grey pet and other ones out there like fanna uh, some of them have gone through some real changes including fanna which is a coca-cola product Let's now go to Florida, and in Florida, any fountain soda out of a 7-Eleven Big Gulp, (laughs) and the writer says, this is self-explanatory. So, yes, in Florida, you're going to have plenty of 7-Elevens that offer the Big Gulp, and according to this writer, any fountain soda out of a 7-Eleven Big Gulp is the best soda in the Sunshine State. Well, how about that? That's a pretty good explanation now to a state that knows a little bit a little bit about sodas and that's georgia and the drink there that's the best is according to this article take a wild guess (laughs) coca-cola with the headquarters of the world's favorite soda located in atlanta they have a big museum in downtown atlanta and it is definitely coke country in the state of georgia Coca-Cola, great job there! All these what hundred plus years of turning out delicious soft drinks, and you deserve a big pat on the on the back with that choice there. Next up in the South, we have Kentucky, and how about this one? Although its production center is somewhere in Kentucky, I think it's in Winchester. This drink here, L eight one A L E dash eight dash one. It's a ginger and citrus soda invented in Kentucky. And it's just really tasty if you like Ale 8-1. And it comes from Winchester in the Bluegrass State. Ale 8-1, Kentucky's drink. How about Louisiana? This is a little confusing. And Louisiana, according to this article, the best soda in the Pelican State is Delaware Punch. Yes, the drink isn't affiliated with Delaware, it's actually named after a grape variety. It's a southern fruit soda with a grape kick that's found in select stores in Louisiana. Delaware Punch. I guess there's a type of grape called Delaware, and there you have it. In Louisiana, they love their grape drinks there, too. So Alabama, Arkansas, and Louisiana love grape drinks. Maybe the rest of the South loves them, too. I like a good grape drink. I'm still, as a child, I still long for those days when you got the Fanta drink, the grape Fanta in the bottle with the little ribbed, edges on it it was awesome and i miss those days i miss them bring them back somehow now to maryland and (laughs) maryland you need to work on this the drink of choice of maryland is shasta as it was the first soft drink with a ginger ale produced in 1931 and despite being named after a spring in california it's distributed and beloved in maryland how about that shasta for maryland up next is the great state of mississippi and i was just in the hometown of this particular drink in biloxi mississippi is where the barks root beer is sort of based although invented in louisiana its founder moved to biloxi in 1897 and they have had a presence now that barks is a coca-cola company still bottled in the biloxi area an old-timey root beer with its roots in biloxi mississippi and you can find it throughout the Pelic- uh, rather the Magnolia State barks root beer, great and very good in a bottle. Missouri, hey, I've got an addendum to Missouri, but according to this article, IBC root beer, a famous soda company, IBC now owned by Dr Pepper Snapple, it is a connection to Missouri, which also has a drink that's the most popular in Minnesota. But it's also very popular in southern Middle Tennessee, but it started in Missouri. How about this? Sun Drop. I didn't realize Sundrop traces its history to Missouri, but it's not on the list of any of our southern states somehow, some way. I don't know how that happened. To North Carolina, I bet I know this one. Oh, I bet I know this one. Yes, I'm right. Cheer wine. Yes, North Carolinians love their cheer wine. You can get it at Cookout. Cheer wine's awesome. And Hey, some parts of the South like grape. Well, in North Carolina, they like that cheer, the cherry wine taste. And that's what you get at North Carolina in cheer wine, which is available in a lot of other states. Now, Oklahoma, Dublin Dr. Pepper, a variety of Dr. Pepper that uses cane sugar rather than high fructose corn syrup. It was actually discontinued seven years ago, but you can still find it in soda fountains all over Oklahoma. Dublin, dr pepper i had never heard of that how about that how about south carolina this is a drink that really gives a kick with it your eyes will water i'm not the biggest fan of it it's my home state south carolina it's hard to find but if you find it it's blenheim ginger ale produced since 1903 in hamer south carolina which is sort of toward the florence area Blenheim ginger ale. Check it out. How about Tennessee? RC Cola. RC Cola, although made in Georgia, it's beloved in the volunteer state, and you can find it in grocery stores and in other areas of your grocery store and such. Check it out. RC Cola. Texas. You know what's coming here, although you got a lot of choices like Big Red. If you ask a Texan what kind of Coke they want, chances are, according to this article, it will be Dr. Pepper. Yes, Dr. Pepper, Texas's drink of choice. Virginia, hey, they're copying North Carolina. They love them some cheer wine in the Commonwealth of Virginia, and that's the drink of choice there. West Virginia, it's Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew is a very popular drink in the mountain state, and there you have plenty of Mountain Dew choices there. And that's a list of our soda choices for each state. To let you know a couple other states outside of dixie dr browns was the choice for the state of new york and california the drink of choice out there on the left coast uh, take a guess which one it might be it's a and w root beer oh yeah which was founded in that state in 1919 but we know now that the southerners they, they loved them some grape drinks and they loved them some cherry drinks and they loved them some coca-cola i can't believe pepsi didn't even make it on the list pepsi which was founded in north carolina And that is a look at soft drinks here on Halloween. So maybe you can throw a can of a drink of the choices that I just said in the jack-o'-lantern when they come knocking on the door this evening. How about that? But when we come back, we want you to be staying put in your home because we're going to bring a great candy your way. It's the SEC candy. And we're going to start it off with some headlines, some basketball news, and then later this hour, Brad Edwards of ESPN will be dropping by with an SEC report from Bristol, Connecticut, as Brad is an analyst on ESPN. And, boy, he's got a lot to say about Week 10 of SEC football. All that ahead on Y'all Talk with an Accent on All Things Southern. Somebody go get me a grape or Well, look who's home.
2: How was your day, hon?
1: Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting.
2: Lay down on me and we'll talk
1: about it. Oh, purple mattress. You know how to support me.
2: Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job.
1: You're more than that. You're a purple mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your purple grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through.
2: If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do? have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund
1: and give up the best night's sleep i've had since i learned to walk no way you're the only one i want to come home to purple mattress
3: you too can come home to a purple mattress by texting offer to 84888 and now for a limited time receive a free purple product with your order when you text offer to 84888 that's keyword o-f-f-e-r to 84888 message and data rates may apply please do not text and drive see purple.com for terms and conditions Hey, Greg, I'm
4: so sorry to hear about your brother's heart attack.
5: Thanks. He's okay now, but it really got me thinking about my family. You know, could my wife still pay our mortgage if I had a heart problem? Or could my kids still go to college? that is really scary. You you should call my life insurance agent at
4: Health IQ. When I got life insurance for my family last year, they saved me 41% versus any other company I looked at. 41%? That's huge. Yep. Health IQ starts by shopping everyone with the top 30 life insurance carriers to make sure they can get the lowest retail rate. Then they apply their exclusive healthy lifestyle savings, which can save you up to 41%. I literally got a million dollars in coverage for my family for
5: just $36 a month. Just $36 a month? Yep. You should check it out at healthiq.com easy. To save that much money, I'm going to call them right now. What's that link again? Healthiq.com easy? Yep. HealthIQ.com slash easy.
0: is coming back to life welcome back it's y'all it's our sec spotlight and how about them vols getting it done on the football field here of late and got a game here this winnable here on this 10th weekend of college football And we'll talk more about Tennessee's football team with our special guest, Brad Edwards. He's going to be on in just a few minutes in our SEC Spotlight football style. We've got some headlines from the SEC we're going to get to right now. We'll start off, though, speaking of the Tennessee Vols, with a little Tennessee basketball news. We're just days away from the start of the 2019-2020 season as the season gets underway on Tuesday, November 5th. And the Vols will be in Thompson Bowling Arena after they had a great season last year. Coach Barnes and crew, They welcome in UNC Asheville to Thompson Bowling. This will be a game televised on SECN Plus starting at seven Eastern in Knoxville, UNCA and Tennessee for the opener. For the Vols here, other SEC basketball games on that opening night of Tuesday, you got the Kentucky Wildcats. They're going to be at Madison Square Garden taking on the Michigan State Spartans, the number one team in the country, by the way. ESPN is going to televise this game, 930 Eastern, 830 Central start from the Garden cats looking to get it done how about the team that went to the final four last year auburn's going to be at home at auburn arena taking on the georgia southern eagles this will be a game televised on the sec network that starts at nine o'clock eastern eight o'clock War Eagle time. Mississippi State will be playing also on this opening night against Florida International. As the Panthers waller into Humphrey Coliseum in Stark, Vegas. This game set for eight Eastern, seven o'clock Hall County time, at Bud Walton Arena in Fayetteville. The Arkansas Razorbacks and the Rice Owls get together. On Tuesday evening, Alabama is going to go scholarly with their first opponent as the Penn Quakers out of the Ivy League will be in T-Town with a game set for Tuesday evening on the SECN Plus Network from Coleman Coliseum. Also, Georgia has got the Western Carolina Catamounts coming in to Stegman Coliseum. That game set for seven o'clock. Athens time between the dogs and the catamounts and the Florida Gators. Michael White's team is ranked six in the country and the Gators have the North Florida Ospreys coming into exact tech arena in Gainesville for a game set for seven o'clock Gainesville time tip on the SEC network. And that's your basketball information as the SEC gets underway Tuesday with a whole new season. If your team wasn't called out here on this opening night, chances are some of these SEC teams are going to be playing their first game On Wednesday, for example, South Carolina has the UNA Lions coming into Columbia. Missouri's got a game. Texas A&M has got a game coming up, as well as Vanderbilt hosting the SEMO Redhawks at Memorial Gym in Nashville. That's your lineup here of SEC basketball. Now back to the gridiron for information on SEC football. The Gamecocks of South Carolina will be without Rico Dattle. He's going to miss the Vanderbilt game this weekend. The starting tailback is going to miss his second straight game for USC as he recovers from a sprained right knee. Coach Will Muschamp says Dowdle won't play against Vanderbilt after missing last week's loss at Tennessee. He's a senior from Asheville, North Carolina, and was hurt on the first snap against the Florida Gators back on October 19th. He wore a brace on the knee while on the sideline. Dowdle out for this game against the Commodores from Williams-Brice Stadium. Coach Nick Saban on Wednesday said that Tua Takviola is a game-time decision in the game coming up against LSU. Of course, the Tide with an open week here this weekend. And 10 days after undergoing surgery to repair this high ankle sprain, The coach said that Tua returned to practice on Wednesday, but was able to participate in only a limited capacity. As Saban reiterated that Tagviola, his availability heading into that November 9th game at home against LSU would be a day-to-day game-time decision. So Alabama fans got their fingers crossed that Tua will be back in the fold. A backup quarterback for Gus Malzahn's Auburn Tigers, Joey Gatewood has left the team and entered The transfer portal, Gatewood's departure, took place Tuesday after he met with Auburn's coaching staff. Malzahn said that he's just at a point now where he wants to be a starting quarterback and feels like he needs to start looking for schools now so that he can find the right spot, and I respect that. Gatewood and true freshman Bo Nix competed for the starting job throughout the offseason. Nix ultimately won it and seems to be doing quite well. Gatewood, a Jacksonville, Florida native, ranked as ESPN's number three dual threat quarterback, and number 36 overall prospect in the 2018 recruiting class. We'll see what happens with him as Auburn gets ready to take on the Mississippi Land Sharks here this weekend. And our last bit of football news before we go to Brad Edwards in the next segment. Defensive end Justin Thomas of LSU has also left his team, the number one Tigers, and has withdrawn from LSU for personal reasons, according to Ed Orgeron. Thomas had played in five games with one start for LSU this season, had eight total tackles and one sack. And I don't think he's entered the transfer portal at this, but he said that he, Orgeron said that he hoped Thomas would return to the team next season, but taking a little time off for personal reasons. Defensive end Justin thomas of the lsu bayou Bengals, and that's a quick look at some of your sec headlines here heading into week 10 of college football's regular season when we come back sec football is still going to be talked about as we're going to welcome in from bristol connecticut espn analyst brad edwards he's going to come on and kind of help set the stage for week 10 of sec football it's the world's largest outdoor cocktail party taking place in jacksonville between the gators and the bulldogs We'll get Brad's take on that and all the other fun games going on here. This is the Y'all Show SEC Spotlight, and we'll be—it's also Halloween—and we'll be right back.
6: I'd love to hear more. Do you have a card? this is it. This is when you can either let something happen or make it happen with your professional custom card from Vistaprint. And we're now introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. You pick the look, the style, and the statement you want to make in the moment. Now's the time to make something happen for your business. So for a limited time only, you can own the now with free shipping on all business cards in any quantity at Vistaprint.com. Just use promo code 1414. That's Vistaprint.com promo code 1414.
0: Mom, I think this doll I found in the attic is cursed.
6: No, its eyes are just very lifelike. Then why does its head keep spinning?
5: Be my friend forever.
6: Oh, that is scary.
5: You know
7: what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's easy-to-use mobile app. You can manage your Geico policy whenever, wherever. Wherever.
6: Let's play with another doll.
1: Or we can just bury it deep in the ground.
3: Happy geico Download the industry-leading
2: Geico app today. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon?
1: Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting.
2: Lay down on me and we'll talk about
1: it. Oh, purple mattress. You know how to support me. Hey,
2: I'm just a mattress doing my job.
1: You're more than that. You're a purple mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your purple grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through.
2: If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund
1: and give up the best night's sleep i've had since i learned to walk no way you're the only one i want to come home to purple mattress
3: you too can come home to a purple mattress by texting offer to 84888 and now for a limited time receive a free purple product with your order when you text offer to 84888 that's keyword o-f-f-e-r to 84888 message and data rates may apply please do not text and drive see purple.com for terms and conditions
0: It's one of the most magical weekends in college football. Week 10, it's the world's largest outdoor cocktail party taking place in Jacksonville, the Georgia Bulldogs and the Florida Gators. That's the big one here on the SEC schedule. Welcome back into the Y'all Show Talk with an Accent on All Things Southern with your host John Rawl. And we're going to go to Bristol, Connecticut for a very special guest and a very good Southerner that's joining us on the line from ESPN. We have Brad Edwards. He's College Football Insider for ESPN and an analyst for College Game Day, which by the way is Southern Bound this weekend. College Game Day will be set up on Bill Street in Memphis, Tennessee for the big Memphis SMU game. But right now, we're going to have Brad, the native of Mississippi, join us to talk Week 10 and SEC football. Hello, Brad. Welcome to the show.
7: Thank you, John. Pleasure to be with you. And uh, it's funny because I've been up here for almost uh, 24 years now in Connecticut, and a lot of people, uh, do not they don't pick up on an accent anymore, but it's when I use the word y'all.
0: <laughs> ask people where
7: where are you from so yeah um it, it, it's it's a dead giveaway
0: yes it is and you're from the jackson mississippi area right that's right all right well congratulations on all your success and yes you don't well i i, I won't say you sound like the biggest redneck souther, southerner out there brad but you don't sound <laughs> like you're from new england okay
7: no i and and i, I just between us and you know and our you know however many thousand people listening in uh, i hope i never do
0: okay good that's what we like to hear, (laughs) brad we are if you have tuned in espn before you've seen brad you're not on there all the time but you show up occasionally and you're also on the sec network occasionally so kind of for the person who isn't glued to the television all the time what is the on-air role that you have
7: yeah, so uh, when, when I first came to ESPN in 1996, um, I was primarily, uh, I shouldn't say par- primarily, I was exclusively a behind-the-scenes person. I was hired to do research and provide information for um, a number of shows that we had uh, related to college football, um, uh, what we call raps here. It's basically you know the stuff that goes in front of and behind the games and in the middle of, so pregame shows halftime shows, post-game shows, and uh, also uh, the games themselves. Uh, I was asked to, to provide information for them, and it was it was a lot of fun. In my first few years, I'd get really excited when I would hear information i had given you know mentioned on the air it was cool um yeah you know, i used to tell people like i got paid to do what all my friends would do when they would get home from work which is start reading up on college football stuff and uh, look up this look up that and and so uh it was a great time and I, I couldn't have been you know more happy to do what i was doing and then in 1998 i had the opportunity because of the advent of the bcs which was the new system to help decide the national champion for college football Uh, It involved a mathematical formula, and and I understood it a lot better than most people did. And I I had a chance through that to start writing about it uh, at first. And then because of my writing, I was picked up as a guest on radio shows, and then I eventually made my way onto TV to talk about it. And uh, even though the BCS uh, has since gone away… Um, I, I was able through all that experience to secure uh, not only you know a role talking every now and then uh, about things specifically about numbers. Now is kind of what I get into numbers regarding college football, um, things that most people would call stats. Uh, that's that's what I do, but but it's not you really your traditional stuff. It's a lot of advanced stats analytics. Um, that's kind of it's kind of my world now um, so I, I'll do some of that on TV from time to time I'm on sports Center uh, every Thursday uh, talking some of that and then uh, my, my my most uh, or say my, my biggest on-air presence at the moment um, is college game day on ESPN radio which I'm now in my I think I'm 11th season 11th season doing and uh, it is a a show that it starts at uh, 10 a.m eastern and goes until whenever the end time <laughs> varies from week to week but it's it's it, it is a bare minimum of five hours sometimes it can be as long as nine hours um on the radio and uh, it's a pretty long radio show as you, as you can relate to there so uh but it, it's it's a load of fun just to be able to, to to watch games and talk about college football and uh to you know to get paid to do that i mean Who wouldn't love to have that job?
0: Not a bad gig. Again, we're visiting with Brad Edwards, ESPN College Football Insider and an analyst for College Game Day on ESPN Radio. And you can find Brad on Twitter at JBradEdwards, the Jackson, Mississippi native and a graduate, a proud graduate of the University of Alabama. Roll Tide! Yeah.
7: You know, John, it's, it's created a little bit of an awkward situation. I mentioned this is my 11th year on that radio show. This is a national radio show talking about college football. And, you know, being an Alabama grad, I mean, this pretty much coincides with this run of dominance Alabama has had. And so I'm kind of in this awkward position. It was fun at first you know, to see your, your alma mater winning all this. And you get to a point where it's like, OK, if, if, if I just spend all my time talking about how great they are, everyone's going to accuse me of being a homer. So I, I probably am more critical of them than most people in the national media just because I'm, I'm trying to avoid situations like that, where it's like, you you know, you're just saying that because you went to school there. Um so yeah, but you know, you if you if you picked against Alabama too much over the last 11 years, you you you've looked bad a lot.
0: So you're saying you're the reason Alabama has kind of become the dominant program in college football is that what you're saying
7: it was all it was all my influence and your that, input on where they were
0: your input yeah. on the espn stats and info that's what
7: absolutely it was. absolutely and i don't know what i mean saban might have played a small part in it but it was you know mostly me pulling the strings
0: and that guy reese who was also an alabama <laughs> alum, <laughs> reese who i think yeah. a little bit older than you i don't think y'all were partying there on the strip anytime
7: back. no he was a few years older he, he he i think he left the year before i arrived
0: ah okay well too bad y'all didn't get to party there at the Bama, the great uh, the great places there that I've been to, that thankfully I've kind of forgotten a lot of those places' names by now. Hey, well, good news for you. You don't have to talk about Alabama today because they're not playing this weekend as both Alabama and LSU enjoy a very much-deserved weekend off. This weekend, hey, I don't know about you as a kid, but did you ever go out there on the Ross Barnett Reservoir and do a little fishing?
7: I, I don't know fishing, a water skiing.
0: water skiing. Well,
7: I'm never a big fisher, well, but uh, yeah, I did did
0: water ski a bunch. In the world of fishing, of which we have a few people that like fishing down here in the South. Hey, they like shiny objects, and so there is only really one shiny object on the SEC slate this weekend, and that's that world's largest outdoor cocktail party. We'll save that one. We'll put that one at the back. But right now, <laughs> let's kind of walk through quickly your thoughts on the other games going on here. As we'll rattle off the half dozen games. UTSA at Texas A&M, this is an SEC Network game set for 12 noon, 11 Kyle Field time. Anything you want to say about the Aggies?
7: Uh, just that they they got to be feeling a lot better about where they are right now. You know, they, they they had high hopes coming into the season, have not yet pulled a big upset, but they have accomplished something the last two weeks that they had not done since Johnny Manziel left, which was to sweep the Mississippi schools. So, beating Ole Miss and Mississippi State the past two weeks. So you got to take baby steps, you know, on your way up. And and, and at least sweeping the Mississippi schools was a step toward, you know, becoming a a regular top 20 kind of team.
0: Yeah, well, Texas A&M, of course, just like the Gamecocks, had one of the most difficult schedules in all the land. A little bit unrealistic to expect, maybe a 10-11 win season this year in Aggie land. But right now, this is a winnable game this weekend against the Roadrunners of San Antonio. The Arkansas Razorbacks will be at home this weekend. This might be a little bit closer game than some might expect as the Bullies from Starkville roll in to Razorback Stadium. This is a game also on the SEC Network set for a 4 Eastern, 3 o'clock open. Ozarks' time kick between the Dawgs yeah. and the Hogs. Your thought on this one?
7: If, if you're Arkansas and you're desperately seeking that first SEC win in, in quite a while, I, mean, I guess 2017 was the last time they won a conference game, it's either going to be here or uh, all of a sudden Missouri, who they play at the very end of the season, not looking very good either after after laying a couple big eggs the last two weeks. So um, this, is, this is one of those that you've circled if you're arkansas as as you know one of the few opportunities you have to win a conference game and so it is a huge one for them i don't know whether they'll get it um but but this is one where i think they're going to be all in because if if they don't <laughs> they don't get an sec game this year it's going to be a long off season
0: yeah this would make two seasons in a row chad morris will be an Ofer in sec play and i don't know when that's been done if it's ever been done Ofer in two consecutive years <sighs>
7: I tell you what, I I have a hard time believing anyone other than Vanderbilt has done that in the SEC in a long time. And I'm not not even sure how recently Vandy's done it.
0: Yeah, let's let's give Vanderbilt credit. They may never have done. Arkansas it. is hoping
7: that we won't have to do that research.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, if anybody's going to do it, it's Brad Edwards of ESPN <laughs> that's going to be able to pull that one out. On the plains, the number eleven Auburn Tigers, after a close battle against the LSU Tigers last week, they've got Mississippi rolling in for a game at Jordan Hare Stadium. This is a seven Eastern six o'clock kick on ESPN. What do we expect in this one?
7: Well, Auburn obviously coming off a disappointing loss, but um, I, I would expect that they would get the win here. I don't know if they'll be a little bit sluggish uh, after after last week's game. Um, but Ole Miss, I just I don't I don't think they have what it takes uh, to be able to to beat an Auburn team, especially on the road. Now, look, I mean, Auburn's Auburn's defense uh, is is obviously really good and uh, could challenge an Ole Miss offense. It's kind of come to life over the last month or so, but. Um, On on the defensive side, look, if you've got a good defense, you can hold Auburn's offense down this year. But Ole Miss probably isn't good enough defensively to be able to do that. So I I think Auburn wins this game without having to sweat it too much in the fourth quarter.
0: And the Plainsmen enjoy every one of their last games in the friendly confines of Jordan-Hare Stadium. How weird is that, that here they've got four consecutive home games?
1: Yeah,
7: and look, this is if you're if you're Ole Miss and you want to you know find a silver lining here, a reason for hope, it's that with this game kind of sandwiched in between LSU and Georgia, you know this is this is the opportunity if you you know if you want to catch uh, Auburn looking ahead, this you know it's it's a great spot on the schedule. So uh, I, I th- that's what they have to the hope for is is that Auburn is just you know has its mind elsewhere and isn't really taking. Ole Miss, all that seriously, but um, given given they're coming off a loss, that's, that's probably a little, little bit too hopeful.
0: Auburn with the Landsharks in this weekend, and they've got Georgia as you mentioned. Also, Alabama is headed to East Alabama for a game, and the Sanford Bulldogs are also on the schedule before it wraps up for the Auburn Tigers this year. The Tennessee Vols may the hottest team in the SEC. They've got UAB coming into Neyland for a game set for 7 Eastern, 6 o'clock on ESPNU, and you got to give Jeremy Pruitt credit. He's turned a disaster into some hope there along the banks of the Tennessee.
7: Yeah, he certainly has. And uh you know, the way they started the season, um I, I was really worried about this getting away from him and, and the team quitting on him. Um but I I think it was uh, it was pretty obvious against Georgia and Alabama that they hadn't quit. They were playing really hard. They just weren't good enough to beat those teams. But uh last week, you know, that was a that was a big step for them. Uh not just winning the game, but winning it as emphatically as they did. Uh, against uh, you know South Carolina might not be a great team, but they beat Georgia. So I think it's a um, uh, you know really positive step for Tennessee. And of course, the key for them is going to be closing. There was a there was a time last season, you know Pruitt's first year, where they looked pretty good. Remember they pulled that upset at Auburn, and all of a sudden people were like, oh, this is going to be a you know. Uh, a big year for Tennessee and then they had a couple of bad losses in November so it's really important uh that they close this season a lot better than they did a year ago and just you know kind of build some momentum that they can take into recruiting and then uh you know into the off season because uh, they're obviously trying to build this for the long term
0: and keep in mind the Blazers, you're defending CUSA champs in a program that was shut down a couple of years ago. They've emerged just like a Blazer out of the hot fire, and this is not going to be an easy task for Tennessee to get a win on this football Saturday. The Gamecocks will be hosting the Vanderbilt Commodores at Williams-Bryce Stadium, an SEC Network kick at 7.30 Columbia time. What do you make of this one as Will Muschamp really, really let one get away last week?
7: Yeah, well, you know, about two weeks ago, I would have said this should be a pretty easy win for South Carolina. And then, you know, Vanderbilt goes out and, you know, pulls that upset over Missouri and, you know, South Carolina, uh, obviously didn't look very good last week. So, um, I'm not sure exactly, um, what to expect here. I mean, I still, it would be, it would be a big upset for Vandy to go in there and and come away with a win. Um, but I, I don't think it's as ridiculous of of a prediction for those who want to make it as it might've seemed a couple of weeks ago. So I, yeah, I do think South Carolina wins, but, um, you know, Derek Mason, uh, digging his heels in there and he's, uh, you know, he, he, a lot of people were saying he's, he's close to being shown the door. And, uh, he said, not so fast, uh, couple hey. weeks ago and we'll see if he can uh, make another statement this weekend
0: where'd you get that line from not so fast
7: <laughs> not so fast i heard somebody say that on tv once
0: yes of course we're talking with college game day analyst on espn radio brad edwards also with espn college football an insider there on espn you can see him on the sec network occasionally and we've got him right now on the y'all show hopefully this is not too difficult for you to talk a little y'all and southern football with us
7: Oh, this is fun. You know, my my people, yeah, your people, you know, what's funny is it, I mean, I've left, like I said, I've lived in Connecticut for almost 24 years now. And still, when people say, where are you from? I kind of pause and I say, you mean where I live now or where I grew up? Because even after all these years, um, I, I still consider Mississippi my home. And it's, it's, it's strange because, I mean, I've got a, I've got a kid who's a senior in high school. And so, I mean, I spent a good bit of time, you know, as a as, as a homeowner in Connecticut, and yet I still don't think of Connecticut as my home. It's it's Mississippi, and I guess it always will be.
0: Well, we want to see some of your writing. In fact, a little birdie told me, didn't you grow up in the same neighborhood as Eudora Welty?
7: Um, it wasn't too far away. Okay, no, I mean it was. I wouldn't call it the same neighborhood. It was probably. Five miles or so. Away.
0: Ah, okay. I'm so, sorry.
7: But by some by some standards, that would by, it would be the same. By Connecticut same standards, that by would by Connecticut be. standards, yeah, it might as well be next door. All
0: right. Well, we want to see your penmanship at some point. So whenever you want to start <laughs> cranking out those novels, we're ready because I think it's something in the water of everybody in the Magnolia I, State.
7: I don't think I'll have many people buying mine. But, oh, uh,
0: come on, Brad. You've got a, quite a story to tell. Hey, you might be writing something about this weekend's outdoor cocktail party, Georgia, Florida. It's a top ten matchup there in. Jacksonville, and as we say in the biz since this is on a competitor it's on another network starting at three thirty, two thirty central
7: yeah first of all the the nickname and of course um a, a lot of people don't want uh fans to use that nickname anymore the world's largest outdoor cocktail party but I, I've, I've always wondered why why was the uh the word outdoor Used on that, like was there ever an indoor <laughs> cocktail party that was bigger than you know about eighty something thousand people? I can't imagine there ever was. Um, so I'm not I'm not quite sure why that condition had to be placed on it. But anyway, it's 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 always been a you know a great game and that tradition of, of having it there in Jacksonville. And uh, man, this is one of the more interesting games in the series that that we've had in a while. You know, even though th- there's been a, a pretty significant percentage of these games where the winner has gone on to win the sec east there haven't been too many where you know whoever won was not only um a a legitimate threat to win the sec but also to contend for the national title because florida and georgia are both even with one loss still in this where if they can you know get to the sec championship game neither one of them would be a a huge underdog against an lsu or an alabama And uh, if you win the SEC, you're going to get in the playoffs. So two really good teams here. You know, Georgia, the last couple of games, just something – and I realize that the the most recent game was played in a a heavy downpour and not ideal conditions for for offense. Uh, But the last two weeks, they have just looked like like something's missing. They looked out of sync, especially in the passing game, really all season – Jake Fromm and his young group of receivers have have not really developed a a chemistry that you can that you can see on the field. The the downfield passing game hasn't been there. And because of that, their offense has not been nearly as good as everybody thought it would be coming in because they've got one of the best offensive lines in the country. Um, Very talented quarterback, very talented running backs. And yet something's missing. And at the same time, Florida has shown a lot. And, uh, you know, it's easy to look at. Georgia and say okay you know what they lost a game to South Carolina but they did the same thing last year they lost a game in October at LSU and then they bounced back you know won several in a row and then almost won the SEC title and got in the playoff and certainly they could do that again but what feels different here it's not so much that anything's different with Georgia as much as it is that that their competition is better this year you know they're they're about to play a Florida team it's a lot better than the Florida team they had to go through last year. They're going to play an Auburn team that's better than the Auburn team they had to go through last year. And so uh, this is an opportunity for the Gators because they are a better team. Um, I like not only the way they're playing defense. I think they're playing defense well enough to, to slow down a Georgia offense that, like I said, is not playing at a very high level right now. But offensively, uh, even with the change at quarterback due to injury, uh, Kyle Trask has looked really good. He's got – talented guys to throw the ball to and uh, Dan Mullen has just done a great job with that offense there's a lot of people figured he would I just wasn't sure he'd be able to do it this year with some questions in the offensive line but um I'm I'm leaning Florida in this game because they've just they've just looked better over the last few weeks than Georgia has and uh, you know with both teams both teams having a week off last week you never know they could come out looking very different after they had a chance to kind of regroup heal up all that stuff but um I'm I'm kind of thinking Florida wins this game just based on what these teams have looked like over the last three or four games.
0: There he said it. And if you're in Mississippi, head on over to Biloxi or go to Tunica <laughs> because you got legalized sports gambling in the great state of Mississippi. And Brad Edwards, there you have it. He said Florida. He's leaning Florida.
7: I couldn't possibly be wrong, right? It's
0: no. Just, no. <laughs> well, you do have that kind of pull to make Alabama the dynasty that it's become. Well, that's true. Yeah, right? that's true. Because you so survived like, as a student. Yes, you were there, I guess, when they won the national championship 92. But those mid-90s yes. into the, the Shula years, not exactly the best of years.
7: Well, the, the crazy thing was is that uh, because of my job uh, here at ESPN and having to you know follow college football on a national level, there were some of those seasons where, where I wasn't even watching Alabama play on a lot of Saturdays because their games were so insignificant in the grand scheme of what we were doing um, that that I I mean I, I knew the game was going on, but I wasn't watching it, and then I might see a you know halftime score, final score whatever, which is kind of weird because I figure if I'd been doing something else for a living, I I would have been paying attention even when they weren't that good. Um, but that's kind of the way it is around here. You know, that we, we have a, a certain focus and if, if you're not having a good season, um, we're not paying a lot of attention to you, and and uh, they, they did have a few seasons where they were on that list.
0: Yeah, you're talking about the good old Dave Neal, Dave Rowe days of Jefferson Pilot when they were playing <laughs> in Vault hemingway uh, Stadium and places like that and had that 11 o'clock kick. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Hey, we can't let you go without getting just a little, little taste of what's going to happen next weekend when the aforementioned Crimson Tide, they play the LSU Tigers, the number one LSU Tigers.
7: Yeah, of course, uh, the the last time that uh, Alabama and LSU squared off where LSU was number one in the AP poll and Alabama was number two, um, it was – actually, I'm not even sure if that was the, the – I guess those were probably the rankings when they met in the national championship game. So it might not have been the last time. Um, but in the 2011 season, those were the rankings when they met in Tuscaloosa. And it is amazing over just eight years how much these offenses have changed. You know, you, you still got the same coach at Alabama, but um, man, both of these teams were very run oriented, very defense oriented. And, and now they've both become very pass heavy, um, not quite as good on defense as they used to be. And it's just going to be a totally different type of game. Remember, that one was the, the 9-6 overtime win for LSU, and there was not a touchdown scored in the game uh it might take all of about a minute and a half for the first touchdown to be scored this year uh the way that these uh these offenses are going i'm guessing the the, the prediction is going to be about 10 total touchdowns scored in this game so uh the the big question obviously is you know to Tagovailoa, the quarterback for alabama with the uh the injured ankle which he had surgery on last week will he be able to play nick saban just said uh, earlier today that he's considering him a game time decision. Uh we'll know more as he starts to practice in the coming days. If he can't go, it's hard for me to see Alabama winning even with this being on their home field. Um but if if he's, you know, anywhere close to 100%, um I, I like Alabama just because it it has the home field uh which is a big deal in games like these and then uh on top of it, I Even though they they have struggled by Alabama standards at times this year and they have a lot of youth, I think I I trust Alabama's defense just a little bit more than LSU's. LSU has a lot of talent on that side of the ball, but we've already seen a couple of of big games where that defense has given up a lot of passing yards, both to Texas and to Florida, and those are offenses that are not nearly as good as Alabama. So um, that's kind of what good Gives me pause on LSU is, is seeing what a couple of of, of quarterbacks and passing games that, that aren't at Alabama's level have done against that defense. It's just hard for me to believe that they're all of a sudden going to be able to flip that script in Tuscaloosa. But uh, we'll see. That's why they play the games. But it is a huge game because whoever wins is in a great position uh to certainly to be in the sec championship game but above that to be able to make the college football playoff but the loser's not out of it either and that's something that uh we also have to keep in mind because we know what happened eight years ago it was one versus two and the winner ended up going to the national championship game but so did the loser and given a second opportunity you know alabama was able to to win the game that ended up uh meaning a lot more and who knows this might not be the last time they meet this season
0: espn college football insider brad edwards has been kind enough to join us and hey mississippi is the hospitality state and brad we can't thank you enough for your southern hospitality for coming on the y'all show and helping us break down week 10 of sec football
7: yeah, my pleasure, John. It was just a, a privilege to be back and uh, talking to some Southerners for uh, for the first time in quite a while. Well, we're going to have so, to send
0: yeah. you a little care package for your kindness. So, if I were shopping around, let's say Ridgeland or any of the other places around Jackson, <laughs> Mississippi, what 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 you want us to send? Oh, I, how
7: about some? Uh, how about some? Well, it probably would go bad in the mail, but I was going to say, if you could send me some Some catfish. catfish (laughs) Are you serious? Cock of the walk catfish. Cock of the walk. There you go. Man, I miss that
0: (laughs) place. I I, I used to go to that a lot in Nashville. I don't even know if they still have it there, but uh, what a great place. Cock of the walk. And we'll we'll see what we can do. Our people will call your people and we'll try to arrange something. Brad Edwards, thank you very much, sir.
7: You got it. Take care.
0: All right. And that will wrap up our Y'all Show here on this Thursday edition. Don't forget, come Friday, we'll have the Y'all Kickoff Show, two hours of college football fun getting you ready for week 10. Until that time, have a great rest of your day. You've been listening to the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Talk with a Southern accent.
6: I'd love to hear more. Do you have a card? This is it. This is when you can either let something happen or make it happen with your professional custom card from Vistaprint. And we're now introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. You pick the look, the style, and the statement you want to make in the moment. Now's the time to make something happen for your business. So for a limited time only, you can own the now with free shipping on all business cards in any quantity at vistaprint.com. Just use promo code 1414. That's vistaprint.com, promo code 1414.
4: Hey, Greg, I'm so sorry to hear about your brother's heart attack.
5: Thanks. He's okay now, but it really got me thinking about my family. You know, could my wife still pay our mortgage if I had a heart problem? Or could my kids still go to college? That is really scary. You you should call my life
4: insurance agent at Health IQ. When I got life insurance for my family last year, they saved me 41% versus any other company I looked at. 41%? That's huge. Yep. Health IQ starts by shopping everyone with the top 30 life insurance carriers to make sure they can get the lowest retail rate. Then they apply their exclusive healthy lifestyle savings, which can save you up to 41%. I literally got a million dollars in coverage for my
5: family for just $36 a month. Just $36 a month? Yep. You should check it out at healthiq.com easy. To save that much money, I'm going to call them right now. What's that link again? Healthiq.com easy? Yep. HealthIQ.com slash easy.